You're listening to the Charity Champions Podcast. Each year, TFNB Your Bank for Life chooses six nonprofits from around Central Texas to recognize as Charity Champions. Tonight's Charity Champion is... Champions enjoy live on-field presentations at Baylor University home football and basketball games, online broadcast and print marketing exposure, and world-class leadership development through 360 Solutions, all at no cost to the nonprofit. In this podcast, we want to get to know our Charity Champions a little better. We're bringing those who help and those who have been helped into the studio to hear the stories behind the champions. On this episode, dealing with grief over the holidays with Community Hospice of Texas. It can be a really hard time for someone who has experienced a loss. Bereavement coordinator Jennifer Caballero tells us about the grief counseling services Community Hospice offers. She also shares advice for helping those going through their first holiday season after a loss find something that's a way of marking space for that person or saving space for that person Mm. that they've lost. And now let's get to know our champion. All right. Welcome back to the Charity Champions podcast. We're in the studio today with Jennifer Caballero. Did I say that right? That's right. (laughs) All right. You're with this year's Charity Champion, Providence Hospice, which has recently changed your name. Is that right? That's right. We are now Community Health Care of Texas. Excellent. Just starting out, kind of tell me what your role is with Community Hospice. Yeah, so I'm the bereavement coordinator. Um, So what that means is I handle all of our kind of bereavement care efforts. And so anything that happens after someone has come on our service and passed away, support for the family. But our bereavement care program is not limited to folks that have had services on our hospice. We actually are a community bereavement care program. And so all of our activities, all of the support groups, the events that we have are community grief care events. Let's start with the people that are coming in to use you guys as a service. Why is it important to have those services for the family? Most people, when they've experienced a significant loss in their life, one of the things that I hear the most often is that even if they have a great support network, they might have a lot of really well-meaning friends and family Mm. that want to be there and want to support them through something like this, but they just don't seem to know the right things to say or do. Um, And so I think what most people are looking for is someone who has been where they've been or experienced something similar to what they have experienced and and finding the comfort in having that kind of shared story of grief is is what I think is so important about bereavement care. Mm -hmm. Do a lot of the counselors that work with you in bereavement care, do they have that sort of experience? So we have licensed social workers as well as um, certified chaplains. So they've gone through clinical pastoral education. Um, And so they have all been trained in, you know, all kinds of different things, but certainly um, how to work with someone through loss. Um, And then many of our staff have also experienced significant losses in their own lives and and kind of have a personal story with loss as well that they kind of bring into that work that they're doing as well. Most of our staff that work with our grief care program not only work with our grief care program, but also on the hospice side of things. And so they are working with families all the time who are anticipating grief and also in the midst of some really um, difficult grief situations. So So your services start before the patient would pass, is that correct? Correct. So one of the things we do from the moment families come on service with us is we have what we call a, a bereavement risk assessment. And so that is just kind of a different factors that we're looking at that might indicate that someone might have a hard time with grief. That can look different for everybody, but we're looking at somebody who maybe they're just not prepared for that person passing. Mm-hmm. And so maybe 
just aren't quite ready to let that person go. And so that's something we look at. We also look at if they've had other losses before and how they've dealt with those losses. Mm -hmm. Those are things that we look for. And then we look for other factors. You know, if there's any evidence that maybe they might um, use substances or have used substances to cope before is something that we look Mm -hmm. at. Different factors that we look at that might indicate that that person might need more support after their loved one passes. And so, like I said, that begins from the very beginning of care. We're talking about things and we're working on those things while Um, that patient and that family is on hospice. And then um, once the patient passes, then that's where we kind of do kind of a warm handoff to our grief care team and kind of continue that work on um, in that way. What does the grief care team look like? So one of the biggest things we do is supportive phone calls. And so our um, our chaplains and our social workers who have been a part of that that patient, that family's care, make follow-up phone calls to the families just to check in and see how they're doing. So that's one of the biggest ways that we provide support. Other part of that is we offer one-on-one bereavement counseling. And so that is something that I provide. We do that usually about two to three sessions with folks. And it really is just to come in and talk and process through some of those experiences that they've had. In addition to, we have several support groups that meet. We have a peer-led support group that meets every week. And so what that means is it's a a volunteer that works with us who has had a significant loss in her life and has kind of gone through grief care programs with us and is now kind of leading in that way. And so they meet once a week and it's a thriving group. We have about 12 participants that come on a a regular basis and it's where they kind of get that one-on-one with other folks that have been where they've been. And we also have a weekly walk at the mall support group that meets every week <laughs> as well. Um, and Sonia, our volunteer coordinator, had set up. That is a really kind of low, call it a low touch, meaning um, someone can kind of walk in there and just kind of get connected to someone okay. and walk and sit and, and talk casually. And so it's up to them how much they make it about grief. But certainly there are folks there that can really kind of engage and talk with them if that's something that they're looking for. And I like that idea of the groups because it's probably pretty easy for someone who's grieving to wall themselves off Mm -hmm. and and kind of isolate themselves. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I'm interested in is you guys also do pediatric hospice, Mm -hmm. which is is really difficult. Does the grief team look different in that situation? No, it it works exactly the same in Mm -hmm. terms of assessing that family. Um, One thing I'll say is sometimes part of my role as the bereavement coordinator is if we anticipate that the family is really having a, a difficult time with anticipatory grief, then I'm able to step in as a part of that team member before the death happens. And so a lot of times in our pediatric cases, that's something that, that happens as I go out and I do a visit with the family so that they do know me and they kind of know who I am and know my role and know that I'm available if and when um, they may, may need that support. Yeah, I could I could see where that kind of grief would be a little bit different because I feel like it's a, a more sudden thing usually yeah. and that when someone's older and they've lived a, a long life and they've been battling something for a while, mm-hmm. you've, you've had your time to say goodbye and you've, you've said, oh, they've lived a nice long life. But mm-hmm. with a child, it's much more difficult, I would think, and people have trouble with that. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that we found is there's not as much support for folks that have, have a loss through a child. And so it's harder to get them connected mm. to other people. And that have had that that same that shared loss and we also do a lot of work with kids who have experienced loss mm. um, and so and whether that be through our hospice services and we certainly see that but also in the community and so one of the things that we do um, we also offer the the free one-on-one counseling um, for adults and kids but we also do a kids grief workshop twice a year and so that workshop is designed for any kid who's who has experienced a significant loss in their life and we 
when we talk about loss, we, we mean that in the broader sense. It can absolutely be lost from a death, but it, it can be lost through divorce or through incarceration or a parent that's in the military, you know, loss in, in those terms of kind of a separation from a loved one. We've been doing that for about three and a half years now, um, offering those workshops twice a year. This past fall when we had our workshop, we had the most kids. We had about just around 30 kids come to wow. that workshop. And so um, that's something that it's growing more and more every year. And, and I think it's because there's such a need for support and resources for kids who have seen a loss. And kind of like our adult support groups, it's one of the best things about that workshop is that they get to be in a space and it's you know just a Saturday but they get to spend a day around kids that have also been through something similar and just getting to kind of see them share their stories and 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 comfort each other and and provide support through each other through that day is is really something special to see and for them to to have that grief normalized because especially as a kid who's going through something like that it's isolating for adults but so much more for kids because you know they don't feel like they have anybody else that has experienced that themselves and Mm. they don't know other kids and so just being able to to help connect them to someone else is is really good what are some other ways that you guys help the community as as a whole A lot of what we do in terms of community is we kind of offer kind of quarterly kind of grief workshops Um, and those they're not really a support group so it's really designed for folks who maybe have had a loss and they're they're not really sure about a support group they don't really know about individual counseling but they know that they want to reach out and get some kind of support so it's kind of a one-time event where they can just kind of come get some educational information, meet a few people. And so that's something that we offer quarterly. And so we make them very activity-based. And so doing things that are meaningful with their hands and things that are also can be good kind of memorial type things Mm. um, that, that they can then take with them that are a reminder of the the person that they've lost. And so, like I said, we do those every quarter and those are um, open to the community. I also do a lot of education just, um, out in the community going and talking with people about grief and loss and you know how to how to support somebody that has experienced loss. I like the idea of memorializing something that you used to do with that person. A good example, we do a holiday cookie where we bake a bunch of cookies and we ice them and it's a recipe that my wife has from her grandmother and it's a way to kind of remember grandma, you know, every single Christmas. Are there other ways that you've seen people kind of turn something into a way to remind themselves of their loved one they lost? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the best ways of coping and, and being able to remember mm. the one that you've lost. And we're in the holiday season in this time. It can be a really hard time for someone who has experienced a loss. And it's a season of joy and miracles. And sometimes it's hard for people to catch that spirit during this time of year. And a lot of times it's those memories of those little things that you might have done as a family or done with that loved one during the holidays yeah. that for those people can be bittersweet memories and mm-hmm. so it's it's something that have become traditions and things that they have loved but in the absence of that person that tradition can can bring a lot of sadness mm-hmm. for folks as well and so one of the things that we talk about we do some workshops throughout the holiday season um, in terms of just kind of how to cope through the holidays and so One of the things we talk about is what are some small ways that you can make space for your grief during this time Mm -hmm. to be able to allow yourself to just make space for all of the feelings that you might have and know that, you know, that those might come at any time without notice and that it's okay to make space for them and to stop and feel them. Um, And I tell people all the time, not only in the holidays, but 
especially during this time of the year, that you, know, you just have to have grace for yourself and not have a lot of expectations on how that day or how that something is going to go um, and just allow yourself to feel what you feel in the moment. One thing that I always tell families around the holidays is is trying to find something that's a way of marking space for that person or saving space for that person mm. that they've lost. And so whether that be continuing on a tradition um, that they've done with that person and, and knowing that they're doing that to honor that person, or it can be as simple as, you know, keeping a candle lit um, during your time together as just a simple reminder um, that that person is not there with you this year. Yeah. Um, or sometimes just keeping an empty chair at the table. Um, mm. But but finding some way to kind of kind of memorialize or find find a way to kind of honor that person but also i think it's it's more than just honoring that person but it's also acknowledging the loss and acknowledging that that person isn't there with us this year and making space for that as we approach the holidays and if you're talking to say you're a family member of somebody who just lost somebody what's the best way to kind of approach that person and help them lovingly through that situation? What I would say is it can always feel like an awkward situation no matter how much you may have experienced or known about grief yourself. It can just be awkward sometimes. And so being aware of that and, and knowing that that's okay mm-hmm. um, is, is the first thing I, I, I would always say. But I think what most people want in those moments is they want to be in a space where they feel like they are heard. Mm-hmm. Um, they want someone that is truly sitting across from you letting you talk, letting you express whatever it is that you're feeling without a sense of of needing to say anything in response or needing to fix it. And so sometimes just sitting there across from that person and saying, I can't imagine how hard this must be for you is one of the best gifts that you can give somebody that's mm. that is going through grief and loss. It's not something that they can fix and it's not something that another person can fix for them. And we have a tendency to want to fix things sometimes mm-hmm. and want to make something better. And so sometimes it's just sitting in the silence or sitting in the tears or just sitting with someone in that space, meeting them where they're at and and letting them experience grief in whatever way they're experiencing it in that moment um, is the best gift that you can give to anybody. For me personally, when my grandfather passed away, a lot of people wanted to come up and be like, oh, sorry for your loss. But the way that I felt best coping with that was saying, you know, let's talk about all these great memories we have. Let's talk about what a funny guy he was. Let's talk about this funny situation that happened. You know, yeah. is that a, a good way to help someone through this time as well? Yeah, I think so. I have in my work with folks, I've, I often hear, especially with other family members, that there's this sense of like kind of walking around on eggshells and not wanting to talk mm. about the person because they're afraid that by talking about the person, they're going to upset the person who is grieving. Mm-hmm. And when in reality, what that person really wants is is to talk about that person and to remember that person and mm. and to talk about the things that they've experienced with that person or might be missing about that person and so um, I've had lots of people say that you know it just feels like we've forgotten them or we're not calling them out by name or talking about them in that way and and just how isolating that feels and that they do have a desire to want to talk about that person and want to talk about that person with somebody else but there seems to be a sense of Oh, it's not. It's not mention, you know, grandpa's name around grandma because she's gonna start crying or you know something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's absolutely um, a good way of of kind of walking through this process is is focusing on the memory and the legacy and 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 the good things about that person and memorializing them in that way. So kind of likewise, if you're somebody who's going through grief 
this holiday season or just in general. Mm-hmm. What are some of the best things you can do to kind of help you get through that situation? I think, like I said earlier, just remembering to have grace for yourself and, and to manage expectations. And I think knowing that you're not alone in this, that there are other people that are experiencing the same thing you are experiencing during this season and that it's okay that you don't have the joy of Christmas in your heart um, (laughs) this year and that, you know, that might come in in years to come, but it's okay to, to view this season differently through the lens of loss. There's a lot of nonprofits and services in town. Why do you think grief counseling services is a really important thing for the community to have? I think personally, for me, I think it's important that we have a grief care program because grief can be something that is very isolating and something that often people deal with internally. But in all all of the research and all of the studies about grief, the way to cope with grief and the way to move through grief is very external. And it mm. it is in talking about and processing through that grief. And so for most people, that, that requires community to be able to do that. And I, I think there are people that have wonderful support networks around them and friends and family that are very caring and supportive and can allow people to walk through that space. But then there are others that, that don't have that community or that sense of family or support that, that can really provide that safe space for that, that processing and healing that needs to happen. And so, so I think that's why these programs are so important is because it's, it's an intentional space in the community that acknowledges someone's loss and what they're going through and gives them that space to, to walk through it and to acknowledge that, that they're not alone in, in that walk either. Well, we sure appreciate the, the work you guys do in the community. It's, it's so needed, and we're really happy to recognize you guys as charity champions this year. If people want to get in touch with you specifically about grief services, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, so locally, um, our local number is 254-399-9099. And then we also have a 1-800 number that's our, our grief care phone line, and that number is 1-800-958-5014. And we'll put that information in the show notes, too, so you can get that. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, and thanks for the great work you're doing in the community. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Charity Champions Podcast. If you're listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to rate and review us. This helps our podcast reach more listeners. Have a charity you'd like to nominate for next season? Visit charitychampions.org and look for the nominate button at the top of the page. You can also find more information on this podcast and all charity champions at charitychampions.org. We'll see you next time.